0: What's up Michigan? Welcome back to another edition of State Champs Michigan's Hang Time podcast. This is the place to be to listen to uh, some very dialed in individuals who are covering prep hoops both on the boys and the girl side so let me introduce the team and then we'll get to the topics first off to my left to julius kelly we call him tj you know him well uh how you doing my friend hey i'm doing all right 50 degrees weather I'm, i not i walked outside and i was like i don't need
1: a coat you know yeah i'll, I'll take it march is here
0: yeah absolutely and uh it is march Madness. and uh it's right the mania the the, the, the hysteria Yes, it's beginning. Scott Bernstein, Bernie, you know it well, been doing this show since the since its inception. Um I'll tell welcome you what,
2: back and it's another good week. Thank you. I'll tell you what I'm most excited about, that we're getting into March and we still have a lot of basketball to play. Mm-hmm. Like To, to, you know, I know it's a unique year and we probably, this will probably never happen again, but I love the fact that we get into March and I can say that we're still going to be playing basketball in April. We won't won't crown a state champion until April. So, yeah, well into April. Yeah. So, uh, it's going to be cool. The stretch run is going to be unique and fun. And uh, glad we're hopefully going to be able to finish this thing off and get back to some normalcy. It's just, uh, it's really great.
0: Yeah. We've worked on our technical issues, uh, our crack producer chuck pellarito our editor-in-chief here the the man responsible for the podcast keeping it going keeping it locked in has got matt Mowry dialed in you know matt well the digital managing editor at statechampsnetwork.com you read his scout reports as well as scott bernstein's uh matthew it's good to have you here and uh how are you doing
3: i am doing well and i am live which is nice.
0: Yes, exactly. So we have Matt. And in fact, I'm glad we do because uh, we're going to start with the boys. And then we, what we do is towards the end of the show, we bring Matt in. And that's when we get into all the uh, girls hoops action. But there is one topic that I want you to weigh in on. Uh, when I do it, which is going to kind of wrap up the boys segment, and that will be a nice segue into our segment. So hang in there. But uh, first, guys, just so you know, this is a topic-based podcast. And what that means is I've tasked each one of these gentlemen to provide the topics they would like to discuss. Among them today is the impact of playing back-to-back games, Uh, a teaser into Scott's upcoming story on the top unsigned seniors. And on the girls' side, Matt is going to give his insight on some great games we had recently including number 2 East Grand Rapids falling to number 22 Byron Center on a late three pointer and the topic that uh, I want us all the way know I want to talk about mask enforcement resulting in technical fouls so that is already taken place so I'll just kind of uh, relay something that I I think I saw it on M live and then you guys can can uh, talk about that. So, uh, but again, you know, regardless of where you fall on the mask issue, it is a issue with high school basketball. So we'll we'll chime in. So, but first, just got to do the uh, the business of business, and that is that state champs. Michigan Hangtime is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself to one of two dozen varsity LTU sports at LTU, including men's and women's basketball. Simply log on to LTUathletics.com. We're also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We all know it. The M.H.S.A., they need officials. Go to M.H.S.A. dot com. And you know what, guys, I read a Texas official who said it perfectly. And I quote, and this is his quote, you can't play the game without us. If you turn on the lights and there are any officials, what are you going to do? Uh, the shortage of officials, he said, I won't call it a crisis. That might be too strong a word. But concern is the best way to describe it. We are constantly fighting the battle of not having officials, and that's exactly what's happening here in Michigan. And can you imagine if we had to start canceling games because we don't have officials? Man,
1: that would yeah, that'd be that would be catastrophic. That would be brutal. I've had the opportunity to talk uh-huh. to numerous referees this year, um, officials, um, and here in the you know in the here in the Detroit metro area, and just because you have so many games that are. Uh, I mean, like every day, I mean, you can can work four games on a Saturday, you know, and you're making 250, 300 bucks, you know, over that, you know, four day, you know, they're not making quite $100, Um, but. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's an opportunity for some for some extra cash, you know. I mean it's one of those things you work in a week, you know, and you can knock out a couple of bills. Yeah, you know, I may mean, do that as a side job. You're not to you get your insurance and car and you know car payment. No
0: doubt, better. and most of it's in the evening, so you can work a day job if you do it uh, or weekends. Uh, and again, you can do it when you need to do it. You just kind of gonna get set up with uh, a scheduler, you know, and uh, they say, hey, what you got time? Hey, I've got Monday and Wednesday open. All right, you're gonna go to South Southline. I'm gonna send you over to uh, Novi. Yep. You know, there you go, right?
2: Yep. A lot of them are former athletes. Right. And I know there's a guy I run into quite a bit uh, from uh, 12 Mile Down, Dante Favors. Yeah. And I, I played basketball against Dante former Favors. Former golf <laughs> Yeah.
0: yeah. On, so. There you go. Exactly. So uh, we need officials. Do your part. Go to MHSAA.com slash officials to find out more. Also, this podcast brought to you by the Detroit Medical Center's physical therapy and sports medicine team. Uh, they are also a very proud partner. We had orthopedic surgeon Dr. Manuel Schubert join us last week talking about ACL injuries. We also create weekly videos that discuss the latest training tips and technological advances in sports medicine with WNBA physical therapist and former athletic trainer for Team USA at the Olympics, Laura Ramos. So, Check out the latest Game Changers segments on the State Champs Michigan show premiering Sundays or simply by going to our website statechampsnetwork.com or any of the State Champs Michigan socials. Check out our latest Game Changers on how to prevent ankle injuries, easy exercises you can do right at home. Also, the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female High School Athlete of the Year awards are tentatively scheduled for Monday, June 7th at the DAC in downtown Detroit. This year's nominees to be announced in mid-April with, again, the awards held in June. For more information, go over to DACathleteoftheyear.com. All right, let's get into it. We're going to start with Mr. Bernstein this week and the topics that he brought to the table. We talked last week about how we felt Orchard Lake St. Mary's Julian Roper was snubbed for the All-American game consideration. We know he's a prolific scorer, but he's much more than that. Yeah, what I was real impressed with this past weekend,
2: um, everyone knows about Julian Roper. He blasted on the scene as a freshman at Country Day. I remember he had 35 points, I think, in his first week of varsity action. I knew this was someone I had to keep tabs on. And he's going to Northwestern, um, explosive wing guard who has really developed his outside shot over the last uh, year to year and a half, where he's just as effective from, from downtown than he is slashed into the rack. Um, and then in the open floor, there are, are very few better finishers. Um, in in Detroit, in in the whole state, than than Julian Roper. But, uh, you know, he put in a lockdown defensive effort uh, over this past weekend against Curtis Williams and Brother Rice. Um, Guarded Curtis, who's the number one sophomore uh, recruit in the state face-guarded him and just completely bottled him up, took him out of the game. Uh, He only had two field goals, which were both three-pointers, so he ended the game with six points, but uh, really was a non-factor down the stretch in a game that Brother Rice uh, played really well. And if Curtis Williams would have kind of been his normal self, I would have said that Brother Rice would have pulled the upset. But Julian Roper... Uh, went to, to, to Coach Covert and said, I, I want the assignment. And I think that's something that you, you should tip your hat to because normally the blue chippers, a lot of times, especially if you're a blue chipper going for a Mr. Basketball Award, you're looking to, to stuff the stat sheet and, and let people know how good of a player you are offensively. But he really put uh, his offense um, kind of on the back burner against Brother Rice and just locked in defensively and did such an amazing job. And I think that's something that really uh, should get people uh, in Evanston, Illinois, excited, that you're, you have someone that will go baseline to baseline and commit just as um, much to the defensive end of the floor than they are
0: offense. You know, again, they had... That's why one of the reasons I was so disappointed last year that we did not get to see the complete playoff run because uh, the way he was playing at the end of the season along with Lauren Bowman, uh, they were such a formidable... Yeah. Michael Jordan Scottie Pippen kind of combo you know uh, and you know that's fair if you're talking in the high school realm um, but now he knows this is his team uh, and along with a you know a kind of a person that's in his role the younger point guard Kareem Rozier who you hit, know, running the show who
2: hit the buzzer beater well, on yeah. on Saturday night to, to win the game uh Twenty-five seconds. Uh, he, he milked the clock down to the, the final yeah. second and pulled the trigger from the top of the key for the dub.
0: Right. He's the heart and soul, but Roper yeah. is the man. Oh,
2: I, I tell you what. It, when you get to have the
1: opportunity as a senior um, to be the man, but you're also at the same time willing to sacrifice uh, for the betterment of the team. Um, you know, all state. You'll always remember that, but state champions they live forever. Yep. Um, and, it, and it's one of those things I mean I I'm watching Pershing and King last night and between Twig Hill and and George Ward they've got three championships themselves in a, in a five-year span or what in between 88 89 and then a 90 well, 92 year for Pershing um George Ward winning um two or three championships with cool won two yeah he won two you know two out of their three but, uh, you know, it, it, it just opens so many more doors and stuff like that. You know, you're going to Grandy's Coney Island or something like that. People are going to say, hey, I remember you. And next thing you know, your bill's taken care of. No, uh, no. And I know I'm not saying that the, that's that's the everything in the world. Right. But, you know, it's always good to be remembered for your.
2: Accolades. One last thing I'll say is I was talking to some of the St. Mary's people afterwards, and they seem to be worried that a game like that actually hurts Julian's Mr. Basketball um Hopes that people will look at that game and be like, "Oh, we well, only scored thirteen points." So I just want to make sure that those <laughs> yeah. people understand yeah. that I'm going to be out there telling the world, as we will, that that game actually, in my man, in my mind, enhances his right. Mr. Basketball profile.
0: The beauty, I would say, to this year, unlike any other, is that if you are a voter in the Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan, every game is online. Yep, yep. you can watch every game. So if you've, you know, if it comes down to five candidates. You're going to have an opportunity to go and really see a sample size, you know, and you could start maybe from early in the season and see the progression. So you, uh, when we think of the power structure, Scott, in the OAA Red, rarely will someone mention Lake Orion. Yeah. Maybe they should. They're not in the red. Oh, they're year. not in the red. Okay, They
2: moved down from the red to the blue. It's
0: oh. oh. quite a move.
2: Yeah. But I still wasn't expecting, even them in, you know, all due respect to the Lake Orion Dragon faithful, I still wasn't really expecting any. from them in the blue this year uh but uh been very surprising they're seven and one and really it shouldn't be surprising if if i take a step back uh joel schroeder's come in uh to this program over the last two years and he's kind of like this um you know this this ninja architect of, of of basketball programs where he's doing it kind of stealth in the shadows people aren't paying attention he came into Pontiac there was like no uh, buzz about him taking the job at Pontiac there was no headlines about him taking the job at Pontiac the next year or two years later he's got them you know they're 19-2 and and they were really good quarter finals I remember watching them play in Emily City DJ Cole I think they lost I think they lost to New Haven yeah. He lost to Romeo yep. Weems, but they oh, played right. him tight. Right. Uh, so then he goes over to Lake Orion. You know, he has a year to kind of get his bearings. And then now he's putting together a team. They're 7-1 out of the gate. Uh, they won last night at the buzzer. Three-pointer um, as time expired by uh, Andrew Bryant. And... Um, Brennan Jones has been a, a big X factor for them. I think he scored 16 last night. And then the name in terms of uh, recruiting to be aware of, uh, they have a junior wing named Alden Ritt, about 6'7", long, hmm. uh, is a marksman. Can, can, can <laughs> TJ's making a note. Uh, <laughs> that, that can uh, you know drain from, from deep but also can slash. I believe he's got a couple of GLIAC offers that he got in the uh, summer. I know Wayne State offered. Hmm. Um, so he's a guy to keep an eye on. And, you know, Joel Schroeder doing doing his magic
0: again uh, at Lake Orion. Right on. Right on. Uh, you are getting set to reveal your top 20 unsigned seniors. Great scout team material. So look forward uh, to checking that out on our website, statechampsnetwork.com. But since we've got a couple more minutes, yeah. why don't you talk about some of the guys at the top of your list?
2: Yeah, let's tease it. I, I'd like TJ to come in on this, too. Yeah, because I, I really <laughs> relied heavily on TJ for putting this list together. Well, because he is the guru. The ghost um, I'm, just a, I'm just a guy who watches. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I'll throw out some names. I'm not going to throw out where they're uh, rank, but I want to just throw out some names, give some love and then you can go check the list for uh, the full rundown, but you know, o- Omar Ziegler at, at Detroit King, you know, is you know, in terms of value uh, as a recruit, I, I I love him at the next level. Yeah, just a I mean, bull, a bulldog.
0: We covered the King Douglas game last week. We were expecting that to be a dogfight, dog fight and it wasn't. King rolled.
2: Ziggler's a bulldog that that can just get to the rack and um, plays with a lot of energy, a lot of motor, a lot of heart and soul. Uh, If you're talking about the OAA, TJ and I know both uh, went and watched a couple or a week ago. I think we were both at North Farmington. We saw Deion Hayes. They call him the Pencil. Uh, You know, he's six two, six three, and he's bouncy. And he can run the point, and he can shoot, and he can finish, and he can slash. He checks a lot of boxes. Doesn't really have any offers right now. Um, is a guy that you know you're looking at a guy that's six three and can run the point and can uh, play above the rim. That seems like you wouldn't have difficulty getting at least some interest in your, uh, in your college or sorry, in your, in your college
1: basketball. Well, he needs a profile. better nickname. Clearly. A pencil? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we <laughs> could
0: call him like the monolith or something. Yeah, I mean, you I'd know? rather, I'd
2: rather be the eraser than
1: yeah. the pencil. Well, I, see, I think, I think his
2: brother, um, his brother Jamal was the eraser. <laughs> all, right, all right. So yeah, what was, it was Kevin the then? You know, Kevin the, the was the, ter- the Terminator. Kevin was great. The older brother at Brother Rice. Yeah, one on the uh, school
1: craft in Kentucky State. Yeah. Um,
2: interesting. Uh, Keon Manyfield at, at Beecher, I, I really mm. like uh, uh, just yes. kind of a jitterbug um, that's zooming around the floor, doing a lot of things, baseline to baseline. But
0: yeah, by himself in a lot of situations. Just yep. you know, really the only one. Uh, there were there were times that, at least in the game that I saw uh, <laughs> against Georgia um, uh, Lee. What? Orchard Lake yeah, it was Orchard singing. Lake exactly at the beginning of the season. He was the he was the only guy that basically was like, "All right, I'm going to go out and just get my 25. I got to do it mm-hmm. to try to keep us in the game." So, and then Senior
2: leadership uh, it, it, staying in that Flint area, Genesee County, Bridgeport. Uh, Jalen Hodges mm-hmm. uh, was a, a GLIAC, uh commit that de- decommitted, um, back on the market. Another uh, a slasher, a scorer, mm-hmm. uh, a guy that can play above the rim that I really like. That's you know, kind of you know, in Bridgeport you're sometimes hidden. Um, in that yeah. area because of all the, the all the Flintstones yeah um, so you know there's a there's a lot of uh, you know if we're talking about you, know, you mentioned Douglas uh, Javante Randall in the middle uh, probably the best big uh, prospect right now traditional big uh, in terms of unsigned in Metro Detroit he's a, what about six nine yeah six nine six ten uh, yeah he just keeps on improving every year and had a big summer yeah Yep. Cool.
1: So, not, um, I mean, you've got Peter Nowoke. Oh, I forgot about Nowoke at Orchard um, Lake. Yep. Uh, I mean, we were also got there to see Trevor Smith. Oh, uh, not to can't look forget about Trevor big, Smith, man. You
2: know, 3.9, great point average. Uh,
1: MV uh, to me, yeah.
0: Trevor to me, Smith is, is Stony where? where Rochester,
2: Stony so, Creek. To me, right now, if you were going to, after uh, we're halfway through the shortened season, if you were going to give an MVP of the OAA period, not break them down, but if you were going to give it an overall. O-A-A MVP, hands down, it's Travis, or Trevor Smith. I couldn't even get his name right. (laughs) Trevor Trevor Smith is a force of nature this year. He's averaging about 25, just broke the single-game assist record uh, with 11 dimes against Troy, Uh, does it all. He's developed his outside shot where where he's real consistent now, shooting threes, which was kind of a... um, an issue that he had to deal with the last couple of years but really got that uh, locked down this past summer and just he's playing the best basketball of anyone in the backcourt in uh, oa right now yeah uh, i mean you bring up king
1: um i've been really impressed with Devin walker i went and saw uh six foot three
2: he, he's actually he's gonna go play football of course no no, no. he's committed to siena heights really yeah I'm pretty, sure well, just, came, I'm pretty sure he just. I'm pretty sure just committed right before the uh, okay. season because I. The only reason I know this is I was talking to some PSL coaches when I was putting together my PSL power rankings. Okay. All right. But no, I, uh, talking about King and a, um, a guy that's a pro, uh, who's a project in raw, but could do really well at the next level. Shane and Carter. Shane and Carter.
1: Yeah. yeah these um, are all
0: seniors we're talking. All about. Yeah, yeah. This okay. is all unsigned all seniors. seniors. Okay. Yep.
2: Okay. And then
1: uh, you know I went and saw King versus Pershing last night. Um, Carter and Omar they both weren't playing. Um, I imagine that they will be playing tonight versus Orchard, or excuse me, uh, Wednesday oh, Marcus uh, versus Car- Marcus Lake
2: Carter, Shanin, Shanin, and Carter. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm con- oh, confusing. No I'm at confusing all. A, a football player from West Moonfield named Marcus Carter. Yeah, but I mean, there, there's a,
1: there's still a lot of t- talent out there. Aiden Rubio over at Goodrich, you know, having a phenomenal year.
2: Um, and he's someone that uh, kind of decided just past this past summer that basketball was going to be his future because he was also a, a quarterback. For, for Goodrich and was a pretty good quarterback. Hey, well, at six foot six, that's nice
1: to have options. Yeah. You know, no Doug Flutie there. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, you know, there are a lot of guys. Peter Nowoke, we've obviously you know talked about him in the past for Orchard Lake Saint Mary's. Uh, but Marcus Warman, I think of East Lansing. Um, East Lansing's undefeated. Ray Mitchell's doing an outstanding job coaching the Trojans, um, his alma mater. Uh, and they're young, but right now Marcus has the keys. Um, very similar to. Uh, Trevor Smith, not as tall, um, but you talk about a lockdown defender, a kid that really needed to work on his jumper to really, you know, convince some guys, you know, that, hey, you know, that, you know, that that you're a scholarship player. And uh, I think that he's been able to do that. And I know that there are guys out there, you know, and whether it be in the GLIAC um, or the NAIA, whatever levels of wax and the MAIA. Um, that are looking for point guards, looking for wings, looking for a lot of different guys. Um, I saw Chandler Park Academy versus Romulus Summoner. and we'll talk about that game, I believe in a little bit. Um, they've J- got a, Jalen Randall is Jalen Randall is is one, um and they're playing depths on Wednesday night. Um, and Jalen Flanagan is another guy okay. um, with with depth. Right, well, and,
0: let's not give the whole list. Yeah, Gosh. yeah. Nobody's I'm just saying. The what I'm saying is there are a lot of guys yeah. out there yep. um, that that can really get and, out there. And, and, and that makes it, sense because we also got jobbed of not having the high school you know tournament run out last yep. year, and so many guys you, get seen at the Breslin, and we lost the AAU season. So yep.
2: Yep. A, a quick digression. But did you see what Kentucky did yesterday? Yeah, the state of Kentucky is allowing anyone that's a senior. This year to come back and play a whole another year of high school sports, so you will you'll be graduated, but you're allowed to participate in the 2021-22 high school sports season in Kentucky.
0: Oh, if I would have had that (laughs) as a senior, because you know, like I was kind of like a late bloomer, you know, in my senior year, like as my seasons were ending, I was just really coming. Oh my god, that would have been awesome. Look at the kids that have already been. So they're going to be like there'll be some twenty year olds. Twenty year olds, Yeah. yeah.
1: Twenty-year-olds versus fourteen-year-olds. Yep, that makes all the sense. I just want—I just want to be there for the
0: first. <laughs> yeah. I
2: want to see his birth certificate. Uh, yeah, right. You He's got
0: full beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I can't think of anyone who sees more high school basketball than this member of our team. He's going
2: like three games a day. To
0: Julius Kelly driving across the state. You know him as TJ. You know, uh, scoop IPS on Twitter. We teased at the top TJ. A lot of teams are playing back-to-back games this season. How is that going?
1: Uh, it's it's an adjustment uh, for, a, for a lot of teams. Uh, they're just, you know, you're used to playing, you know, two games a week and sometimes occasionally you might pick up a third game or, you know, however the schedule might up, wind up working where you're playing maybe a Monday, a Thursday, and then you play a Saturday game. Um, and I want to touch on one of the, the hottest names in college basketball and that being Nate Oates, but I remember when he was at Romulus, one of the things that he liked to do is play early back-to-back games because that's what you have to do if you want to win a state title in Ben Class A or Class B now Division One or Division Two, and what it does is it gets your players mentally ready because hey, this is a hurdle. And if you think you're tired now, then how how much more how much you're going to be even that much more tired when you know you've got to do that. On in the on the in that the Breslin on the, on the big stage, you know, talk about mentally wearing, you talk about physically wearing, and I think that that was an excellent approach um, that that uh, Coach Oates took at that time with Romulus.
0: Yeah, I agree with you because when you look at um, you know, as coaches, you always talk about we can't we can't get too high and we can't get too low. So you have a game, let's say, and you play great, you know what I mean. You guys are all feeling everything's in sync, shots are, and then the next night. You know, you're just you. You can't hit the barn side of the, you know, the broad side of the barn. Uh, it it teaches you mentally that okay, you know what I mean. That we've just got to kind of just keep progressing mm-hmm. and not uh, getting caught up in our play, whether it's good or bad. And that's that. A nice thing about back to back.
1: Yeah, um, in, in River Rouge, they beat Hamtramck, yeah. or excuse me, Hamtramck wound up beating beating River Rouge. Then they wound up coming back the following night and losing a you, or excuse me, they lost to Orchard Lake St. Mary's. And then they then they wound up playing uh U Prep the following game and they wound up losing both games. They probably shouldn't have lost a U prep even though I how's do you like pre- U Prep. How's U Prep? They're they're gonna be solid. They've got some they've got some young guys on the team, uh freshmen and sophomores. Uh they've got also one of the uh, top seniors, and we'll leave that for your list, uh Sterling. <laughs> um, you know, who is it transferred over from Renaissance. What's his name? Um Sterling Blakely. Okay. Um and uh, you know, they're going to be they're young, but they're going to they're going to be pretty solid. Um, and then on Tuesday night, I was able to see um, Hamtramck versus Ecorse and Ecorse lost to Rouge the night before. Um, so in, you know, in, it's one of those things where that's if you want to get if you want to get to the state title game and win or at least not be out of run out of gas. Yeah, it might as well prepare your guys earlier in the season and say, "Hey, this is how it's going to be if you want to if you want to be tops in the if you want to be tops in the state."
2: We saw well, TJ and I saw on Sunday, Rochester Adams. Oh, sorry, no, I mean,
1: Troy Stony Creek yep, and Troy, Troy just played had a just triple, overtime. triple
2: overtime on Saturday night to Adams and they had to come back on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, like fifteen or sixteen hours later. Yeah, and, you know, and this that was play a, triple, a good Stony Creek team. Yeah, and that was a triple overtime game, yeah. so you're adding an extra quarter. And you could tell by you know, the it, it was another a, half. It was a real close game in the first half because they're an evenly matched group. They went to over or they're two evenly matched groups. They went to overtime in the week one, but by the third and fourth quarter, Stony Creek, who hadn't played in it in a couple days, was just so much more
0: fresh, yeah,
2: uh, as opposed to, to Troy, who had coming off the triple overtime. Game I'll
0: tell you what, game. though, in high school, man, you love that. Oh. I would loved playing. You know, there, there were no limits More on More like it. the we played, Yeah, exactly. You're just playing every day and you just want to get back out there. Yeah, yeah so.
1: that's what we, we live for, you know. Right. I and mean, it was one of those things. Either that or, I, mean, you gotta shoot, pro- I remember my parents telling me, you know, if you don't find something to do, I'm going to find something to do for you. Oh, yeah, you know? exactly. And it was just like, all right, well, I'll go spend 12 hours outside uh, on you know? my bike. Or Gary's during the winter, you know. When the
0: streetlights come yeah, on, yeah, that's when
1: yeah, you come you know, on. Learn Gary, Gary Frey,
2: uh, the coach at Troy, longtime coach Gary Freyle, like he said it the best as he was walking out of the gym. He's like, it's a tough loss, you know you know it's a tough turnaround it's been you know 24 hours we've had played uh you know 11 quarters but we don't got any time to lick our wounds we don't got any time to think about it because we got a game i mean it's like just put it in the past yeah. and go forward
0: and that's the way the playoffs yeah. have to be you've got to be and, yeah. y- and it also no shows time you to there is lick your wounds it's almost like also you 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 realize that we need to play great every game yeah. Yeah. we can't take nights off for any reason or we're going to be done so uh, what well, we're talking about back in the day, you recently attended a game that had an old-school PSL feel about it.
1: Tell uh, us about hey, it. Hey, I, I loved it. Uh, I went to Chandler Park Academy on Monday uh, and to be able to see Romulus Summit Academy coached by Mark White. Um, state champion uh, Renaissance as a coach with Perkins with the ranked. Twig Hill team, yeah. the Renaissance teams, which were arguably number one and number two in the country. I think I had them number one when I did my top fifteen uh, oh, yeah. teams over the last fifteen years for state champs. Yep, yep, you um, did. And and he one of got our a, first
0: years of state champs. Yes, like, it was one and, of our first years. Yeah, two, three, I think.
1: Yeah, and three and, or four. and two McDonald's All-Americans. Yeah, oh yeah. But those back. But back then, there was no love for any guys. Hey, we can be friends after the season or something like that when we're on the same AAU team. But right now, I'm out here to kick your A, you know. <laughs> and it, and it, and it's just about that. It's about winning and stuff like that, you know. And so they're playing against Chandler Park Academy, who was coached by James Scott, who played at Detroit Finney. Uh, another East Side school was an East Side school. Uh, east English Village is now located on that lo- on their location. Yeah, um, but so as far about, as East Side as you can you, go. Yeah, you talk about guys that are just hitting the floor. You know, for every loose ball, you know, there's trash talk. There's there's yeah, you, you had to be on a high level mentally mm. and physically because if if you weren't there. It was one of those things. You were you were were, quick to slip up and and, and quick to get and quick to get yanked. Yeah, Um, and that was where I thought Orlando Lovejoy, uh, the junior from Romulus Summit, really stepped up. Um, I think he's the number one player in that, or excuse me, the number one guard in that 2022 class. Orlando
2: Lovejoy. Orlando Lovejoy.
1: It's a
0: great basketball name. And and he's another
2: kid that I'm really impressed with how he's. Uh, worked on his skill set and diversified. You know, when he first came in as a a freshman, he was just a scorer. I mean, a great scorer, a guy that could put up 30, 35, 40 points in the blink of an eye. But uh, this season, I just see a a much more uh, diversified skill set, more versatile, doing better on the defensive end of the floor, uh, more of a playmaker. Just, yeah,
1: makes great passes with yeah. with either hand. Um, you know, he was just out there. His athleticism was really starting to take off. And you know, being in the weight room, uh, yeah, it looks it looks like he's been taken, been able to take advantage of the long layover um, due to COVID that. And uh, you know it's and it's paying off for. Hats off to him. He's got offers from LIU Brooklyn uh, and Mississippi Valley State, and as well as University of Detroit. And there were a few schools that called me today about him. So and, um, and,
0: and unlike football, the charter schools have uh, always represented fairly well on the basketball scene. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think uh, about I, yeah. How about uh, uh, what was that? What, what was the one um, Melvindale Academy or whatever? Yeah, like A-B-T- the A-B-T- Gators? A-B-T- Academy A-B-T- of B-T- Business and Technology. Yeah. 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 Michael yeah. Talley's team. Yeah, yeah, so,
1: yeah, so if you look at it from the last dozen years you know you've had three yep. teams that have wound up you know in consortium as yep. far as ABT and now yep. uh, and Debsa. Yep. you know they've pretty much been able to run division 3 and now Dubso has moved up to division 2 um or you know class B you know division 2 um but yeah it, you know hats off hats off to those guys um but there's a lot of PSL coaches And Chandler Park when when
0: um the Michigan oh, player Derek Walton, there. Walton. Well, you yeah. know coached by Double Cheeseburger
1: Derek Walton senior
0: you said that <laughs> the top me. five, top five emails of all time.
1: <laughs> all <laughs> right,
0: uh, real quick um, before we get to the, to our um, mass topic, the uh, your week three rankings uh, came out on Monday. You have a new number one with Orchard Lake St. Mary's uh, after they beat a, another top five team this season. Grand Rapids Catholic Central and Zeeland East have moved into your top five, while East Lansing and Debsa are now top ten teams.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't been able to see Zealand East. Um, I know what they have, and you talk about a front court um, that's going to play in the top division two uh, level in the in the country. Um, in the GLIAC. Uh the Clearblood brothers are going up to uh, Fair State, and. Uh, uh Trip Rearsma is going to Saginaw Valley. Re, is going to uh to Saginaw Valley. Um if the Reimersma name sounds familiar, I believe there's a guy who just won a championship that used to throw him uh uh touchdowns back when he was a, a wide receiver or tight, tight, end, tight, end, tight end at Michigan. Yeah. But he also came in if anybody ever forgets. Actually I think a he came in as a quarterback. Think, yeah, and they're like, the You're not good enough. Hey, you know, we got this guy, he might be a seventh round draft pick down the we, road. Yes, exactly. We're, and you'll be behind him. So he's going be a tight
2: end. I think so, Reimersma might have been Todd Collins tight end. I don't know if Brady was throwing him touchdowns. I don't know. I just know that Michigan used to be quarterback. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah.
1: not so much anymore. Definitely around the same yeah. time you know, they had Drunken Willie Miller Brady's. and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, was it? Uh, they, well, let's say this: they had a lot of talent. They played in the, NBA, in the NFL for for quite a while, and there's only one that's standing right. right now.
0: Yeah, Greasy and Henny.
1: Yeah, he even had a two sports two sport player Todd over there. Todd Collins, Elvis Kerback. Yeah, 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 Elvis. yeah, Elvis, John Navarre. Yeah, John Navarre, there we go. That okay. he was we're the that one of those. We are we are yeah. way
0: off course. Yes. All right, just so you guys know the boys basketball games we're covering this week on State Champs in which you will able to watch the highlights include Tuesday's game where fourth ranked uh, Grand Rapids Catholic Central went on the road to beat Ada Forest Hills Eastern sixty-eight to fifty-eight. Uh, you mentioned uh, East Lansing earlier. We are going to have highlights of Thursday's twenty-four ranked Williamston. I like it. at number seven East Lansing matchup, and then we will have Friday's grudge match as third-ranked Grand Blank travels to number ten River Rouge,
1: and that is going to be a doozy yes. because I tell you what, the the the, the Panther faithful are, are definitely going to be out for Rouge. Um, what another thing I love about this season is there are guys that are saying, you know what, I want to play this game. I want to go here. I want to go. And guys are standing there with their arms wide open like, yeah. come on, baby. Yep. You know, yeah. we want that. And you talk about Rouge, who's not backing down from anybody. Grand Blank, definitely not backing down from anybody. You talk about a state champion, somebody that really knows what they need to do to make it, you know, to that next level and win a state championship is Mike Thomas at Grand Blank. And, you know, he's got he's got some guys that, that can definitely get that done. It's like Because um, like, he's he's well up there with one of the top coaches in the state in a future Hall of Fame. Or more than likely
2: it's like out of desperation we get all these great matchups that might not have happened if if everyone wasn't in a time crunch right but the result is actually better for everybody
0: yeah. yeah and we're at a good point now that we're a few weeks in you know and teams are finally really starting to find themselves so real quickly any other games you're looking forward to this weekend
1: i'm looking forward to seeing orchard lake st mary's travel
0: because they haven't
1: because they haven't and they're going to go play warren de la salle a top 10 team um, talk about a game that's loaded with future division one prospects uh and uh you know undefeated teams uh, and you know so we're gonna see you know who's going to be tops in the Catholic League um just really waiting for like a team like UD Jesuit who's been quarantining um you know to get that ball rolling um so I but, was
2: excited to see Ferndale Jesuit yep. on Monday but it didn't happen because yeah. Jesuits in a in a quarantine yep. Yep,
1: yep. yep um yeah but there are there are a lot of a lot of good teams I'm probably okay. gonna check out quite a few of them. I'm mean, right. saying Chandler Park and Depts is looking pretty good on Wednesday,
0: okay all right, so. good, good. all right. well, I did read this on on M live and uh, it is with reference to uh, not wearing a mask properly, which we've all seen. Mm-hmm. I mean every game I've been to it's been ridiculous. Could result in, uh, and what I mean is, if you're going to wear the mask, wear the mask. (laughs) Otherwise, it's like basically, you know, uh, protecting your neck. Uh, Could result in technical fouls. So uh, coaches, players, and others in the Muskegon area discovered last week uh, that um, some were serious. In at least a couple games last week, two technical fouls were administered for what an officiating crew deemed an inappropriate mask usage. Jimmy Smith's officiating crew issued two technical fouls in last Wednesday's Western Michigan Christian at North Muskegon boys varsity game, and two more in last Friday's Western Michigan Christian at Orchard View boys JV contest. Now in the latter case, the Orchard View JV coach Latrell Watkins was ejected for receiving two technicals for what he and Cardinals varsity coach Nick Bronsima claimed was Watkins pulling his mask out, not down, so that his players across the court could hear him hollering instructions from the bench. So the way that Smith explains it, uh, officials are instructed to follow this procedure when enforcing proper mask usage with players. Number one, remind You know, remind the player about the rule. Number two, warn. Warn the player if he or she is not complying after the reminder. Number three, remove. Send the player to the bench until the next dead ball he or she is expected to comply upon returning to the game. Number four, technical foul. If the player is sent to the bench, returns to the game, and is still not complying, then a technical is issued. Now, Smith noted that it's slightly different for coaches who are already at the bench. He said coaches are reminded, then warned, then assessed a technical.
1: There's a lot of gray area there. A lot of gray area. Uh, I remember back in the 20th century playing hockey, Southfield Aether versus Bloomfield Hills Losser, and I believe the game was tied. And uh, our best player, arguably our best player, transferred over from Minnesota, but he didn't have a chin strap and he had fused his helmet into the, to the, to the cage. And uh, they called him on it and he was ejected from that game. Meanwhile, I mean, we're 10 games in the season, this is his second year playing for us. And you hadn't said anything for three periods, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, it, it's almost like a, a George Brett Pine Tar incident. Right. Um, where it's it's a very technical thing where you can say, I'm at, shoot, if I come down with a, uh, um, you know, a dunk or something like that, or, or let's say somebody swipes at my face and you don't call a foul, yet you rip my mask off, you know, and then you turn around and you see that I don't have my mask on, but you didn't call that foul, you know, and I think that it's one of those things where the judgment on that can be very very shady um it I it just think there's a
2: wide scope of how each at least in the games that I've been to how each uh uh official team is dealing with it. Some officials are just kind of letting anything go, and some officials are blowing the whistle every five minutes and telling people to mask up so i there's a a wide range of interpretation yeah i, I mean recommend. if uh,
1: I mean God forbid I mean shoot uh if, Iron Mountain, they're going to, I mean, you we know, go to Iron Mountain, West Westphalia at the state championship a couple of years ago. You know, hopefully, you know, this doesn't wind up happening at the Breslin Center and you're talking about seven seconds left in a game in oh, overtime and overtime or something like that. Tactical? And all of a sudden, you know, they're like, oh, oh, look at him. He doesn't have his, you know, right. And then you got the, let's say, the 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 fifth guy on the bench, you know who's not wearing his mask or something like that, you know, or or, or however that wants to be interpreted, yeah. you know, I think it's just such a gray area where, you know, what? we all know that we should be wearing masks. At the end of the day, I mean, we're, they're kids. I'm not saying that that's an excuse and stuff like that because they know the rules. The coaches know the rules. The referees know the rules. I just hope that it's not taken overboard where it really goes out there and it's a, and it's a deciding factor, you know, in a game that could be, you know,
0: decided by technical foul right you know we welcome in matt mowry to the conversation would it be like oh now okay, okay. <laughs> yeah it
3: that's that's what i think and i think it was expressed in that story you were reading from lauren is that i think the technical fouls are the weapon of last resort i think when someone is being you know somewhat intransigent about it and refusing to put it on or refusing to wear it i think most of what i've seen and and Yes, there has been a wide disparity in, you know, different you different levels of mask wearing at different games, but I think what I've seen when any, ever anybody has been warned, it's mostly been a warning to start with. Hey, put your mask yeah. up. Hey, put your mask up. And then if it becomes a thing where someone just refuses the rule, then I think is where the technicals come in. I, I think TJ is correct. You don't want this to be something that people remember the season by, like that Powama Westphalia Iron Mountain finish that we remember from a couple years ago, because no one's gonna forget that. We don't want that to be indelibly, you know, marked in our memory as this is the reason that somebody lost. But yeah, I I think I think this is a response to a lot of the blowback that there was in the first couple of weeks of the season where people were like hey, I thought we all agreed that this is what we were going to do. Why are some people still not doing it? And I, I think it's it's had to be gradually ramped up. But yeah, I, I would still prefer it to be, you know, again, the weapon of last resort. Now, having said that, I think you also notice with officials sometimes there's a large disparity in their own mask usage. And you can agreed. kind of tell just walking in who's going to enforce the rules and who's not. Now... Having said that, you always know that there's kind of an acclamation pro- uh, you know process throughout the game. Who's going to call it tight? Who's going to call it loose? What what's what are the officials going to call this game? And you, I, I would assume this is just another aspect of that. Are they going to call the masks? Are they not? It, it, it's one of those things that I, I think we just got to kind of live with and hope that it doesn't yeah. you know, like TJ said, doesn't become a huge thing. But. You know, easiest way to remedy it is just everybody wear the masks and then it, it, it then it's not a problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the coaches, you know, again, a lot of them, too, you know, it's it's sitting around, you know, the chin and stuff, too. So uh, I don't envy the referees in these situations, but uh, I think, you know, at some point, if it's so rampant, you just basically just stop the game for a second. You go to each bench and you say, I'm telling you now. Yep. Right. Wear up. Because I've got to enforce this, you know, because I've got people looking at me, too. You know, whether we like this or not, this is kind of the the world we live in for now. uh, Do it. So we'll see how it plays out. Anyway, gentlemen, both of you, thank you for being here. Matt Mowry is going to continue with us as we are going to get into what's happening on the girls side of things. But before we do that, I talked at the top of the show about how you can recruit yourself to Lawrence Technological University. Here's how. If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e-sports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit ltuathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare over two dozen sports at Lawrence Technological University, which is where I am sitting right now. We are on campus. And I'm telling you, I've seen the growth of athletics here at the school over the last 10 years uh, that we've been involved. So, um, you know, small class sizes. uh, I'm telling you, it's a great place to go to school. In fact, uh, alumni, Matt, are in the top 11% as far as salaries go in the United States. So- that sounds like a degree I would kind of like to have. And uh and then you could play college sports at the same time and they have athletic and academic scholarships available. It's right in Metro Detroit, uh right in Southfield. The campus is growing every day. Anyway, check it out. All right, Matt Mowry uh coming back with us and uh we're going to talk about some girls basketball and uh you had some uh, some good stuff that uh took place. Um you know, it's interesting uh there has been a lot of lopsided scores in games this year in girls. I mean, I was trying to find a matchup because uh, we were going to have the, uh, I believe it was Byron Center at uh, uh, Farmington Hills. Oh no, I'm sorry, at, at Chandler Creek, uh, Chandler Park. Maybe it was Byron. Okay, um, Byron. Yeah, yes, Byron. Byron. Not Byron. And, they, and, yeah. and they canceled yeah. it and so yeah, uh byron center hard, you're going to talk about actually uh in a second here i see that in my notes uh which i teased at the top of the show uh couldn't find that so we're trying to find another game we you know and there are just so many you know especially looking at your 25 your top 25 uh which you can find at statechampsnetwork.com and uh, matt does a great job with the rankings goes through the honorable mentions i mean he puts a ton of work into it and uh you can i mean i with full confidence, say, if you want to trust any rankings in the state of Michigan, you trust Mr. Mallory's. Now, uh, outside of that, there were just so many games where we had ranked teams playing teams, and they had either, you know, they had played them before in most cases, because a lot of teams are playing the same teams uh, more than they normally would, and they were just, they just murdered them, you know, before. So it's like, why am I going to put that, uh, you know, on the show? So we ended up, um, you know, even though... Um, port. I think it's, I think it's Port Huron Northern is at Utica Ford uh, on Wednesday night, and I think that's the game we ended up doing. And they were both have six wins. They had played each other, and I or I think that was the game I ended up picking. I uh, was so frustrated trying to find a good matchup because you know it, you you want to have some good basketball going on, but yeah the and actually, it was a good game. I think it's tonight or tomorrow, and we recorded this on Wednesday, and that was Clarkson and West Bloomfield were getting together again, but we just yes. had that matchup on I the show two weeks ago, yeah. so so All you'll right. be there for that, so I didn't yeah. want to film that yep. again, you know, uh, but anyway, we did have some good matchups, and I think right now, as I mentioned on the boys side, the teams are starting to really kind of gel, get together now, and I think things are gonna start uh. You know, really kind of evening out a little bit because, you know, again, some of the games uh, have been blowouts. But uh, as you will talk about now, we have had some very good ones.
3: Yes, yes. And one that we we teased last week, I believe, when we were talking about the the top games was Byron Center East Grand Rapids, uh, Byron Center. Um, and and one we'll talk about in a minute was another one that I know I told you that was happening Wednesday night right yep. after we we filmed it uh, Bay City John Glenn against Frankenmuth I guaranteed to you would be a top game ended up being a double overtime finish um, we'll talk about that one in a minute Byron Center, East Grand Rapids usually what happens when you are setting up your initial top 25 or at least what happens to me is that I either have 20 teams to fill out top 25 that I'm sure of or I have 32 and in this year it was I had a, a couple extra teams and I was kind of trying to figure out you know which ones to put in quite honestly when I did my initial top 25 Byron Center probably would have been 26 I even had a capsule written for them it was already and it just how I ended up shifting them around so they were the first team in and, and one week later after they'd handled uh, uh, Rockford and, and a good Grand Rapids Christian team I moved them in but uh, Right on the cusp of of the top 25, part of the reason I didn't was because they'd opened the season with East Grand Rapids, the the top team in their uh, uh, division of the OK, and they'd lost by 11 at home. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, this is this is a a Byron Center team that went 19 and two last year. Their only two losses were to East Kentwood still a relatively young team they returned a, a very solid backcourt in junior avery zinstra and uh sophomore mckenna ferguson but it's still a real young team only really has one senior on the squad so still kind of unsure of how they were going to do in the new division this year uh and, and that early indication against east grand rapids was you know not the greatest They've played a lot of their games at home so far, kind of like Orchard Lake St. Mary's we talked about on the boys' side, which has helped. They've run off eight straight since that first uh, lost East Grand Rapids. Went on the road this time to East Grand Rapids, and kind of in one of those uh, litmus test games, East Grand Rapids, the number one team in the Division I in the AP poll and number, tw- number two in my top 25 to Edison, Goes on the, the Byron Center goes on the road Tuesday night beats them fifty nine fifty six on a last second three pointer by Zinstra with two point eight seconds left and Ferguson had hit the tie uh, three to to tie the game fifty six. Uh, just before that she ended up with 21 points instra had nine and seven this is an east grand rapids team that's loaded and we know is going to be one of the state title contenders in d1 they've got northwestern commit jillian brown who had 24 points last night they've got her younger sister macy brown loaded team and i don't know that this tells us as much about east grand rapids as it does that byron center is a legit squad it also means that of the top 15 teams in the top 25 only six Edison, Selene, Heartland, East Lansing, Midland Dow, and Frankenmuth are unbeaten still. Because a lot of those teams are playing each other, handing each other losses, um, right after that, we have Kent City, Grand Rapids, West Catholic, and Byron that we also talked about 16 to 18. They're all still unbeaten as well in the top 25. But, yeah, a lot of those teams are playing, you know, intersectional games against each other, as we said, with the boys, which is nice to see. But it also means that you end up with contenders that have one or two losses a lot of times. You know, you know it's interesting that I about? just
0: I just wanted to mention real quick, um, just because, you know, I thought it was as close because I saw the score, too. And uh, that Edison actually needed OT to beat Mercy.
3: Yes. yeah that was another one that i wanted to talk about okay of the seven games coming into today or into when we recorded this played seven games for edison five of them have been against teams that started the season in our top 15 they were number three number four 11 12 and 15 they have not played a light schedule um they won those games, the first four of those games, by an average of 12.75 points per game. And remember, this is an Edison team that has not lost to an in state opponent since January of 2018. Haven't he lost has. to anybody since December of that season. Yeah, it's, but we talked about that back to back phenomenon with TJ earlier. And the closest game that Edison had all season long leading up to last week was against West Bloomfield. It was a nine-point win. Next night, they've got to come back and play a very good Mercy team and ends up uh, Maya White, who was a very solid freshman last year for Mercy, hits the three-pointer to send it into overtime, still ends up a one-point game in overtime. And I had coaches from all over the state sending me messages going, what do we need to know about Mercy. Yeah. it's one of those where Mercy is that that team that, especially because they're in a conference with Marion and they always end up playing Marion two, sometimes three, even a couple times, four times a year, Yeah, and you, you take a couple regular season losses last year, this was a nineteen 20-win uh, team last year, 20-4, and four. they were ranked 21 at the end of the season, but they'd lost twice to, to Marion in the regular season before coming back to win their fifth uh, CHSL title, I think, since 2011. They lost to Renaissance in In the regional semifinals, good team. I think I would have classified them as very good, or or good, or to very good, but I wouldn't have put them necessarily in that you know top ten kind of caliber team. So yeah, it was an eye opening. It's, it's a very veteran team. They've got a lot of parts back from last year. You know, steady point guard in Alexis Roberts. They've got Miss Volleyball, Julia uh, Bishop on that team. They've got a lot of, of kids who can play and who have played together for a long time. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't have picked. If you would have given me that range of the ranked teams that Essison was going to play in the three weeks, I would not have picked Mercy as right. the first one to take you know a one-point loss to them in overtime. Yeah. Um, but it just proves that, yeah, you play back-to-back te- games against ranked teams. That second one's going to be hard. Doesn't matter who it is, and if they're ready for you, as as Mercy clearly was, that that, yeah. that was that it Mercy gave them a run.
0: Yeah. And one of the thing that's interesting is like a team like Edison, especially who you know <clears throat> have, you know, they want to play the best teams in the Midwest. You know, not just obviously here yeah. in the state. They haven't lost in, like you said. A, Twelve hundred days, or it's approaching that, or somewhere near right. that. Uh, Fourteen hundred. You know, yeah. Yes, right. And so the la- in fact, I was—I think I was at the the last time they lost against that Ohio that Afrocentric was. team. Yep. yep, yep. That was at a, 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 yeah. holiday tur- yeah. a, a holiday tournament. A holiday tournament. You know, Edison usually has that run of holiday tournaments that uh, really gets them playing at their peak as they get into January, uh, and then the and then MLK Day showcases and those kind of things. Uh, we don't have that this year, so. No. Teams can can make a run, and um, and who knows? That kind of makes it a lot more fun as we go into the playoffs that, you know, because teams just aren't as, you know, proficient as maybe they would be in a normal way, um, it could be, you know, it, we could see some really, really interesting playoff uh, surprises.
3: Yeah, and I think another factor, and I was mentioning this last night when I was at a game um, that was between Waterford Kettering and Waldlake Western that had dominated. Those two teams had dominated both the KLA North when that still existed. And then the LVC, when it started of the last 10 titles, one of those two teams won it. And they came into last night's game at two and five and zero and seven. Part of that is because both of them graduated quite a bit. So when you have a young team, you know that, that this COVID pandemic and all the factors that we mentioned with no summer ball and you know limited time to actually ramp up right before the season it was kind of like oh hey we're playing and by the way it's next tuesday all of that works a lot against teams that are very young and even more against teams like like Kettering that's now had four coaches in four years. I think those are other factors that we're seeing this year. Teams that have been together longer, you know, like an Edison or like a West Bloomfield or like a Mercy, are at an advantage because those kids already know how to play to, with each other.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So um, I know that uh, you've got th- this is a big weekend.
3: Yeah. Yes. Give us the yeah, it, it, there are some. There are some, Yeah, there are some games yet tonight. Uh, right after we filmed this, I, I know uh, Port Huron has got. Um both both gross point schools in the next three days they play south on wednesday and north on friday that should give us some clarification there in the, in the mac red um, port huron is a team that bumped up from the white they were undefeated last year uh, ran the table on the regular season bumped up to the red this year had some injury struggles i know their, their star emma trombley who's going to northwood had an ankle and that was part of you know their, their struggles a, a week or so ago they seem to have, have kind of righted the ship and it's going to be interesting that should give us some clarification. You've got East Lansing, Williamson, you mentioned the boys' side. That's going to be a good game on the girls' side, too. That is on Thursday. Saturday's the day. If you want to go see some, some Truly outstanding programs. You've got a Grass Lake team that I've got one coach who doesn't coach for Grass Lake, who is insistent that I I am remiss in not having Grass Lake in my top ten. They're playing at Renaissance this uh, on Saturday. Kent City, un, unbeaten Kent City, is at East Grand Rapids. Hazlitt at East Lansing, two unbeaten teams in the CAC. Adrian Lenaway Christian is beat is playing an, an un defeated erie mason squad byron center fresh off their their upset of east grand rapids gets hudsonville out of the okay red which is uh, hudsonville's um another one of those teams that uh, is kind of right there in terms of top teams on the on the west side and then we've got the bay city john glenn team i was going to talk about a little bit with uh, with their game against frankenmuth they're taking on a, an yeah, unbeaten oscota squad Yep. Yeah. yeah go it, ahead.
0: Feel we free to talk about
3: that. We touched on that last week a little bit. That that was going to be a great game, and it absolutely was. Basically, John Glenn had been in the Saginaw Valley League. They're they're a B school, a D two school, and they'd been in a league with a lot of D one squads, and they'd been competitive, and they'd been right there in the league race, but they hadn't been able to be. To win a championship got got into the tri valley conference 10 the bigger uh division of the tri valley conference uh frankenmuth has been kind of the top dog there for a while frankenmuth and freeland john glenn and and frankenmuth came into their game last wednesday ranked three and four in the initial ap rankings i had them 22 and 15 in my top 25 need two overtimes just to kind of settle that initial battle for supremacy in the tvc8 both teams are got stocked with with um college talent. Frank Caboose got Lexi Boy, a six-footer who can play inside or out. Zoe Purcells, who can hit from anywhere. They had actually a freshman who had the two key shots, hit the uh, eventual game-winning layup, and that's Mia McLaughlin. And then she hit a three-pointer with 14.3 seconds left in regulation to even send it to overtime. And, and John Glenn's kind of paced by two kids that have been on that squad for four years now. They have Hope commit Abby Tarrant, had 17 points and 20 rebounds in that game. And Ferris Comet, Carly McCrum, had 14 points it's they're going to meet again later in the regular season and i wouldn't be surprised if they end up meeting again in the postseason and that game going a long way to seeing who
0: kind of gets down to the end in d2 all right, love it, love it. A uh, couple of the games that we covered on State Champs, Michigan, this week, we had the Battle of Gross Point on Monday between North and South, uh, and that was uh, all South in that one, fifty-four to thirty, they won that game. But we have highlights for that that you'll find on State Champs, Michigan. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out. And like I mentioned, also, uh, again, I was, we we're struggling finding another game that that uh, that we could have. So um six and two Anchor Bay at six and three, Utica Ford, that's a Wednesday night game. Uh, and so we'll have that. So we'll get some some action on the show uh, this particular uh, episode of State Champs Michigan, which airs on Sundays. Now, finally, before we go here, as we wrap up, um, you know real tragedy in eCourse. Uh, with what happened to Carlisa Taylor. And for those who don't know, just, um, you know, kind of, I think maybe a lot of us may have heard there was an incident on the freeways uh, not too long ago, and, and unfortunately, she's a victim of that.
3: Yeah, this this was that incident, and it was, uh, she was driving. She, Carlisa Taylor is an 18-year-old who played the last two seasons for e She played her first two at Dearborn Henry Ford Academy. She was driving in a car with a pair of 17-year-old boys who, Uh, still I believe played for for Henry Ford Academy Um, and uh, another car pulled up next to theirs and opened fire and two of the people in that car one of them being carlisa taylor the other i don't know if they've announced the name of the of the boy who died yet the other one is in critical condition but all three were were struck by bullets it's just one of those senseless things that you you can't even wrap your mind around the fact that this girl is you know playing out starting to play her senior season and all of those things that we talked about you know when when we can't have these things taken away from us you know but this this is kind of the ultimate version of that when when you think that this girl was about to, you know, embark on the rest of her life and and that, that for these three kids that is irreparably and irredeemably changed. It's it's just it's horrifically sad.
0: It is well said. And uh so we sent our uh our thoughts and prayers, you know, and sometimes those are just words, but you know, it, it, it's hitting a community hard and uh, any family that uh, has to deal with the loss of a, a child, especially uh, a young child, uh, it's... Uh, and let's face it, you know, we're older, uh, they're chil- children and they feel like they're adults, but uh, they're just getting started in life. And um, boy, just a terrible incident. And uh, again, um, thoughts out to the Taylor family and, and, and E-Course. Uh, and her teammates and all of that. So, uh, once again, uh, Matt, thank you. Uh, you can check out his uh-huh. rankings right now at statechampsnetwork.com. You can read his his uh, his blogs that he puts up weekly. Uh, usually, a lot of it is recruiting related. Um, the if you watch the State Champ Scout Show, uh, Matt writes the Michigan blog that I or script that I read. Uh, so, you know, all the credit goes to him, and he's always digging and finding good stories. Uh, and girls' basketball stories uh, quite often will find their, their way into uh, the Scout show. So it is not just I a football basketball. Yeah, exactly. this week, exactly. So, uh, anyway, go check that out. Thank you guys for uh, listening again. We'll be back next week. Things are really going to start heating up here in the Wolverine State. So make sure you tune in to State Champs Michigan Hang Time each and every week. For Chuck Pellerito, for Scott Bernstein, to Julius Kelly, Matt Mowry, I'm Lauren Plant. We'll talk to you next week.